0: So we began the chapter on Iman, which they'll translate to faith. We had a definition of it that Iman doesn't necessarily mean just knowing something and acknowledging something, it's more than that. And uh, it is accompanied with you know embracing, and submitting. And so, after that, he added a p- couple points. He said, first of all, iman has a minimum. That minimum is um, that we have a taqlidi type of iman, which I talked about last week. Taqlidi, in the sense that sometimes even like I'm just some Bedouin who doesn't even know too much about certain uh, uh, terminologies and philosophies and all of that but you know I grew up reciting Qur'an I grew up going to Sunday school I grew up my parents I trust them and so they gave me their uh, version of an understanding of Islam and it turned out to be the right version that counts as well he says he says that's the bare minimum but then of course um, there are other grades and higher grades that we'll talk about inshallah that we've also alluded to before then he added two conditions to iman he said number one the first condition is that it should not be tainted with dhulm. Okay, that's the first one the second and dhulm of course dhulm according to other verses of the Quran dhulm means shirk in this context at least it means shirk Uh, everything we've talked about before already second condition is that this iman is accompanied with amal it's accompanied with righteous deeds and action and i mean we've talked about this enough as well not just in our last session but just all in all this has always been discussed that Iman itself isn't going to cut it if it's not accompanied with action, the proper actions. Okay, so if you remember he said that there's grades of Iman. It starts with that taqlidi level of Iman, but it reaches a point where he will cite three verses of what Iman does to us as a result of being stronger than usual. And the verses he brings, they talk about how Iman gets strengthened a little bit. The first verse, to the point where when we are doing dhikr of Allah, what happens when we're doing, when we're reciting Quran for example, or we see the signs of Allah, what happens in our hearts and so on. I gave us a sneak peek last week of these verses, I want to get into them now. So what we're going to be doing this week really is just tafsir of those three verses that he has cited. The first verse is the one that says, إنما المؤمنون الَّذِينَ إذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم وإذا تليت عليهم آياته زادتهم إيماناً وعلى ربهم يتوكلون. Surah Anfal verse two. verily the believers. so it starts with belief. okay these are this is these are the traits of a believer. what are they? they aladina the ones who when Allah is remembered mentioned their hearts will tremble. So that's what it starts with, trembling of the heart. And then it continues, it says, and when the signs of Allah are recited upon them, it adds to their iman, and as a result they have tawakkul and they rely on their Lord. Okay, so there's three things here, Allah Matawah says, that are kind of sequentially dependent on each other. Meaning one comes first, then the second one, then the third one. Okay? He says, look, I'm going to read off of Allah Matawah here. He says, a a specific order has been observed in this verse. What is that order? He says, when the nur and light of iman, when it first shines on the heart, it will begin to get stronger and multiply until it becomes uh, complete. So when it first shines on the heart, he says, the first thing that will happen to the heart is that there will be some fear that comes into the heart. The heart will tremble, let's say. Right? And if you look at the verses of the Quran, they are full of those verses that are scaring the people. Okay? <laughs> it starts with that. So he says the first part of the verse is talking about that. Then what happens next, he says, is as this iman grows more and more and branches off, yes, and multiplies. As a result of a person journeying through the ayat of Allah and the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that re- reflect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. what happens is that this person's iman becomes stronger and stronger until it reaches a point of yaqeen. And this is why the verse says, That when, they're, when the signs of Allah are recited upon them, it adds to their iman. So okay, there's an initial iman, because remember it said, إِنَّمَا muminun They already ha- are believers, right? So in that beginning stage, there will be fear. But then as they live their lives, as they look around them, you know, as they see the signs of the Lord, what happens is that their iman strengthens. Now of course, let us not discount the importance of action here as well this verse doesn't mention action but we have other verses that are clearly telling us that it has to be action too a person can't say oh I'm just looking at the sunset every night and that's my iman is growing yeah but I'm sinning throughout the day and I don't care what God says throughout the day that's not gonna work that's a given of course but if a person is really doing their work then the signs of Allah are going to talk to that person to the point where this person's iman turns to yaqeen inshallah and if it turns into yaqeen or reaches that full potential of itself it's, he says when the iman completes this person will understand how great the Lord is and how insignificant they are an understanding that is in accordance with the reality of things and what is that? he says that he'll understand or she'll understand that everything goes back to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the Rabb he is the one who's governing. He's the one in charge. And so I have no choice but to rely on him. You see that the verse ended with rabbihim yatawakkalun, correct? So there's three stages he says. These three stages have been observed in this verse he says. Number 1, number 2, number 3. The final stage is that they have tawakkul. Now this is real tawakkul. It's not like, you know, <laughs> like a person like me who will be worried about certain things and people will tell you, but there's a God, you know, let's rely on Him. And I'll say, yay, let's rely on Him. Just saying it isn't really relying on Him. There's more to it than that. No, these people really feel that, okay, He's the one. He's the one. That's at the end, though. That's the first verse that I tell the Jawadi cites here. He says, look, this is what Iman does. This is how Iman works. It grows. And this goes back, I mean, I've said this again and again, that we can't expect To have the strongest iman right from the get-go can't have that can't expect that it takes time this person has to reflect more and more look around more and more and see the signs of Allah all around him or her and then eventually inshallah it'll reach that point where this person's iman pushes them to do tawakkul and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tawakkul doesn't necessarily mean that okay you know what there's a I have, there's a big task i have to you know accomplish or there's a big thing that i need to happen i need to get uh, accepted into the school into this school or that school and let's do tawakkul this person tawakkul reaches a point where every breath of his or her life they have to rely on allah for that next breath to to happen that kind of thing yeah we we sometimes think tawakkul means that um uh, tawakkul means that, okay I, there's something specific happening in my life now very significant and so i better like you know rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala excuse me every breath that I take every heartbeat I have to really have tawakkul if I'm going to really be a muwahid there's no difference between the, that normal heartbeat and me getting accepted into Harvard or Stanford or whatever you know <laughs> for him it's the same thing but yeah for us so we're like okay the heart is going to take care of me it's going to beat anyway so Allah I don't need you for that but you know what I need to get into that school I need to get land that job so like you know that's when I do tawakkul no 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 if a person has this ma'rifah and the iman grows to that point they will have tawakkul on, on everything that doesn't mean that they're going to have dhikr beat in their hand and they're going to say okay every heartbeat I'm going to remember that I need Allah for this no that doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily the case What the, what I'm trying to say here is that they will deep down inside they'll have that in their subconscious they'll have it at least that everything is relying on him even the heartbeat even the breath that I take that's the first uh, verse that he brings to just describe and explain a little bit more what this iman is going to look like. The next verse that he has is that famous verse Allahu nazzala ahsan al-hadithi kitaban mutashabihan mathaniya taqsha'iru min huludil ladina yakhshawna rabbahum thumma talinu juluduhum wa qulubuhum ila dhikrillah. Surah Zumar verse 23. This one, I want to share with you um, two tafsirs on this one. Al-Mizan and Ayatollah Makarams. uh, In regards to this verse, so Ayatollah Jawahid doesn't explain the tafsirs according to these greats in his book. We'll get to his whole take as well after I go through these tafsirs. But for now, Al-Mizan, in Al-Mizan he says, when the Quran, okay, so first let me translate it. Sorry, it says Allah sent down Ahsan al Hadith, the best of discourses, the best of speech. But what is in what form? Kitaban, it's a book, mutashabihan. You find verses within it that are similar to each other. Mathaniyah, according to Allah, at least means that these verses are supportive of each other, supplemental of each other. If you don't understand one of them, another verse comes to the rescue and helps you understand that verse. And of course we know that's one of the ways that would do his tafsir. Through other verses of the Qur'an, he would get help to understand other verses of the Qur'an. Mathaniya. Okay. So so far not relevant to what we're talking about. Taqshairu minhu juloodul ladheena yakhshawna From this book, what happens is that the skin of those who have fear of their Lord it quivers, it let's say shakes, it... if I'm going to use just layman terminology here, I'll just say you get goosebumps <laughs> that's what happens, I mean what happens when you get scared? you get goosebumps, right? Um, in some of these tefties I noticed they had written that uh, the hair on their body like stands up you know? I was like, just say goosebumps then, <laughs> you know? So when they this book is so significant that they get goosebumps when they hear it. Who? The ones who have fear. They have khashya. Thumma, after this happens, talinu juluduhom wa bohom. Then these that their skin, their hearts, they kinda like release themselves again. You know, instead of being all tightened up and shaking and quivering and whatnot, it releases they they, they reach some calmness and tranquility their skin, their hearts, and are open to dhikrullah and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so look at this. You see this evolution kind of once again. What's going on? There's something in their iman that's changing. They're, or it's two different aspects of their iman. One aspect of their iman will cause them to shake, but then slowly they, it, th- th- that shaking won't happen anymore, and something else happens. is tranquility uh, and calmness. Why is that the case? Allah Talatawah explains. He says, the reason for the goosebumps, the reason for that quivering, is because they hear of something that's very great. And that is all, all that has to do with is the fact that they understand how low, how weak they are. So the verses of Allah are being revealed unto them, are recited unto them. And so they reflect on them. Do you, what you do, what, you, what happens to you is that you're like, wow, look at how weak I am. As a matter of fact, one of our teachers once, he said this. This is a, uh, this is a discussion in Usul al-Fiqh, right? And uh, which talks about how, I mean, those who might be watching this or hearing this now or later, uh, if you know, you know. Uh, Shahid al-Sadr has this principle and rule in his Usul. Um... And that, that everyone is responsible There is no such thing as bara'a. aqliya it's called I know you're not you're Probably not getting what I'm talking about here But like whatever um, Our teacher was trying to support this idea That Shait Sadr has And he was saying that look If you just think about how great the Lord is and how weak you are and how dependent you are on him that's enough for you to come to the conclusion of what shaykh al-sadr says in this regard that you that you should take ihtiyat in everything because he is so powerful and so great like i have no other choice i have to do ihtiyat in everything to make sure that i have made sure he's satisfied with me unless he himself allows allows me and gives me permission to not do ihtiyat throughout my life and we believe and even shaykh al-sadr believes that this is the case, Allah has given permission. Okay, Allah has given, or else if it was just us in our minds and we look around us, we're like, oh my God, like this God is so great, so powerful. I, I'm gonna do ihtiyat and everything. I'm just gonna sit there and just do nothing and just die. I guess that's like until I'm a hundred percent sure I'm getting everything right. Yeah, that's how important His satisfaction is gonna be. But then He Himself, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, out of mercy has told us, look, if the Prophet the Imams told you something, if the Prophet and the Imams tell you something, uh, then take it. If it didn't reach you, then there's this uh, rule of uh, permissibility until proven otherwise. Allah says, I'm okay with that. You are free until you're sure about something being haram, for example. If God hadn't given us per- this permission, we had no, we had no right to do anything on our own. On the flip side, there will be some ulama who say, "No." When we look around us, yes, the greatness of Allah, but then we notice that everything is based on mercy as well. Even if God hasn't given us, given us explicit permission to not do ihtiyat throughout our lives, it's okay because we know He's okay with us. We can't we can't just sit there and do nothing. So we don't have to do ihtiyat. Anyway, it's a long story and I don't, I don't want to confuse you any more than I have already. Let's go back to what we were talking about here. He says, look. He says the reason why they're so scared to the point that someone like al Sadr says, I'm, like, I, if, if God doesn't give me permission, I will do ihtiyat in everything. Okay. The reason is because they look at how insignificant, how weak they are and how great Allah is. That's why There they will quiver. Of course, I mean it makes sense. All right. فَقَشِيَتْ قُلُوبَهُمُ الْخَشْيَةُ. خشية will engulf their hearts, and their skin will begin to tremble. But then he says ثمَّ جُلُودُهُمْ وَقُلُوبُهُمْ إِلَى ذِكْرِ الله. But if it also says that, you know, they will relax afterwards and they'll get calm, why? because uh, oh i haven't written i I didn't bring the rest of it (laughs) okay (laughs) i forgot to put the rest of the tafsir there but he says something that along the lines of what Ayatollah jawadi will say later that they look at the mercy of allah in that allah has put in the same verses of the quran And they will see that, okay, that same Allah that is so powerful and so great is so merciful to them. And so all of a sudden, this will change. But brothers and sisters, like, how will we develop this? How will our iman evolve into this? Well, we have to be in a continuous contact with whatever Allah is telling us. What better book to go to than the Qur'an for this? But as I said, even if you don't look in the Qur'an, but you look around you, this world, this universe, you will will sense the mercy is overtaking everything else. وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ Allah says in the Qur'an Well let's go to Ayatullah Makarim's tafsir here He also has some good points that I, I felt it was, were, are worth sharing when he is discussing this verse He says, wow look at how beautiful Allah has illustrated this That first they fear, then they have tranquility Why is it so beautiful? Explain to us He says, this duality here that we find these are the different manazil and different stages of as-sayr ila Allah was sulook journeying towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this irfan amali that people talk about sometimes. He says it's totally, un- totally understandable. Why? He says, well, they hear the verses that have to do with the wrath of Allah. With the Prophet, you know, practically threatening them of, uh, of, the, of the hellfire and all of that. Of course they're going to be afraid. And then the, the verses of Rahmah come and the verses of mercy come. And so what happens is that they calm down. He says, just thinking about how great Allah is. And this is important. This is something to think about. As I said, like, I, I, I personally agree with this. Shaykh Sadr had a point when he said what he said. Ayatullah Makarim here, he says, just thinking about infinity, eternity, and the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how great it is, it takes, it, it, it scares you, right? It scares you. Just the other day I saw a little clip, of course you could tell it was uh, edited. Some scuba diver is, you know, he's like swimming, and like this big, one of those big fish that live way underground, underwater, excuse me, way deep in the depths of the sea. The ones that have those little lights on their head that look like, like some Halloween costume, you know which ones I'm talking about? <laughs> So they had blown that picture of that fish up and that fish was actually coming to eat him. I was like, "Whoa." Just the fact that this thing is big scares me, let alone those pointed teeth. But even if it wasn't the case, have you seen those blue whales? The biggest animal on the face of the planet. They're huge. It's scary. Just the fact that it's great is scary. Think about it. That's just a whale, my friend. All right? It's like a it's like a it's like a dot in 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 existence. Right? Then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses all existence. That is enough to be scared. Okay? So he says, the hearts will tremble at thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they will have this fear of, how am I supposed to get to know this guy more, this entity more? And I want to add to this, how am I supposed to keep this entity happy? Make sure he's not upset with me. So when these verses are are revealed or recited, yes, there will be initial fright. But then as you look more and more into the athar of Allah, the aafaq and the horizons, and within ourselves, and we see that everything is based on mercy, then you will calm down, you will have that tranquility. You see, so you find in all of these tafsirs, they have the same theme, they're all saying the same thing, and that is this spectrum of iman. It starts over there, but it ends over there. And so there's a hadith here, it says that Asma, I'm guessing Asma bint Umays, she said that, that the ashab of the Prophet it's it, it says that when the Quran was uh, read upon them and recited to them, she says they were the way the Quran speaks and describes Tadma'u a'yunuhum wa that their eyes would shed tears, and their skin would quiver, they would tremble. Yeah, so she ends it there. She doesn't talk about whether after that, the you know. Because I want to say one thing here. When the verse says that you tremble and then you calm down, I personally don't think that this is something that happens like right away. It seems like this is, it takes time for it to reach that point. As I said, the, these Mufassirin are saying reflection, reflection, reflection. So now, the root of all of this, al explains, the root of all this. He says, the root of this whole thing is when a muslim when when someone becomes sure that if there's any shar and bad and evil it's not coming from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the verses of allah are recited on that person when they're reminded of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what happens is that this person starts feel it fearing not allah but fearing their own actions that's why they really tremble <sighs> And they're afraid that this is going to stop Allah from sending down His mercy. Because the wrath of Allah, as a matter of fact, is just an imsaq, an abstinence of sending mercy down. He says, if you have rahmah, rahmah is something that actually exists. It's existential. But if you are going to talk about the opposite of the rahmah of Allah and the niqmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, niqmah of Allah is actually lack of an absence of rahmah. That is not something you send down. It's not even existential for you to send it down. It's lack of existence. It's lack of something. So he says, this person is like, oh my God, so the rahmah of Allah is always coming down. What if I get in the way of that rahmah coming down? What if I'm the one who stops the rahmah from coming down? In other words, I'm the one who, through my actions, is the one who is 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 the reason for lack of rahmah. So this person remembers all of their shortcomings and sins and all of that but then they remember what Allah is all about and so calmness and tranquility. Alright, so let's go to this last verse now. So we had two verses so far. This last verse that he has here, the one that is very famous, it says, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَطْمَئِنُوا قُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُوا الْقُلُوبُ I'm just trying to find the address for this one. Yeah. Surah Ra'ad, verse 28. Alright. So, there's a context here. The verse before this one that I just recited, it says, وَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أنزل عليه آية من ربه قل إن الله يضل من يشاء إليه من أناب الذين آمنوا قلوبهم بذكر الله بذكر الله The people, the kuffar, they say, well, why doesn't he? Why doesn't God send down a sign upon his apostle? O prophet, tell them Allah misguides whoever he wants. In other words, he if he doesn't want, you already know the truth, so why should he even send more signs down? So he'll misguide you if he wants, as a result of not sending extra signs. You know, sometimes you just don't want to accept something. You bring up excuses. That's what the kuffar were doing the, during the Prophet's time. Allah will guide whoever He wants and misguide whoever He wants, but He guides the one who yahdi ilayhi man anab, the one who turns back to Allah subhanahu wa taala. Well, who are these people? The ones who turn to Allah, aladina amanu iman faith, wa qulubuhum bi and their their hearts are tranquil by means of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ala al qulub. verily, the hearts do calm and gain tranquility as a result of dhikrullah alright, so this is what we're telling our kids all the time if you're not feeling well go take a tasbih a subha and start doing dhikrullah because the Quran says ala al in other words if you don't if you don't gain tranquility and calmness through the dhikr of allah there's a problem with you people let's not do this okay yeah because still till today i haven't accomplished this <laughs> right so then you feel like okay well the verse is saying the believers have this trait and so i'm not going to i'm i'm not i'm not getting calmness through this uh, through this dhikr and so um, there must be a problem with me Let's see what Allah says in regards to this verse now. That look, there it's 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 uh, the iman has to reach that point. Yeah? The iman has to reach the point that it's supposed to for this to apparently work. Let's see what he says. He says when in the end of the verse where it says, Allah qulub." hey. Allah means hey. Like it's getting our attention. It is through dhikrullah that the qulub, the hearts gain tranquility. This he says, is shaking us, is kind of trying to shake us and put this in our heads. That, look, you have to have this iman in your Lord. And through his remembrance, calm yourselves. Why? Because if a person is only after felicity in their life, happiness and joy in their life, number one. And number two, the only fear that they have is that wretchedness overtakes them. And gets rid of whatever blessings they have. Two. Three. If the person knows that all of this sa'adah, shakawa, this uh, felicity, and this damnation and wretchedness, if it's all in Allah's hands, well, not, it doesn't say wretchedness here, it says punishment. If everything is going to go back to Him and He is the one who was on top of everybody. All of his servants and is overcoming all of his servants. Does what he wants. Fa'aluma Fa'alun Waliyul He He's the Wali of the mu'mineen If this is all it is, he's the refuge of the people. If we have really reached this with our Iman, then remembering this is gonna be a matter of relief. So you see Iman has to reach that point for it to be a mat- for this to be relief for us. And so it's going to take time again. But iman is that first stage for all of this to happen. He says, so if this is the case, the person who is really locked down by what? By all of the things that are happening around him or her. And is always looking for a pillar that is strong and steadfast that they can lean on for their felicity and guarantees their felicity. And a person who is bewildered, and doesn't know where to go. Right, all of this, if they know that that's where the, where to go, then they're going to get that calmness and tranquility as result as a result of remembering it even, and they'll go after it. And he gives an example of a person who has been stung by well, do you say stung or bit by a snake? Yeah, bit by a snake. How this person knows that that painkiller that they have now, he 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 mentions something which is interesting that he he says that t- he says teriyak, which uh uh, I don't know, you have that in Arabic? Tiryak. He mentions that. It's interesting that he uses that as an example. He says this person is going to get themselves to that tiryak, which is going to kill the pain that they're suffering from. And so once they reach it, it's going to slowly but effectively uh, take care of them. So anyway, point being, brothers and sisters, Iman, iman Ayatullah Jawadi sa- 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 has different grades. It reaches a point where just remembering that which we have faith in is going to be enough to calm us down, to bring tranquility to our hearts, to allow us to feel like we're safe. If it happens, if it happens that dhikrullah is not enough for me, that's fine. Not to fret or anything, but yeah, I still have a long way to go. Yeah, And I'm saying this as, a, as one of those people. As one of those people you know it's easy to sit here and then talk about how yeah we need to rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's so cliche you know cuz when the time comes i never do that you know i'm like this one's different though like this one's like out of allah's hands everything else that i can think of is in allah's hands but this one case this one's different man like this one's something i don't know i mean practically this will be this will be how i'm se- this is how i'm seeing things this one case is one of those that like you know god can't fix that kind of thing. It's 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 funny. Uh, there was this cartoon once. I still remember from like thirty years ago. There was a tornado coming, and it was going to destroy everything. And so the family runs into the basement or that uh, what do they call them the the shelter? Yeah, the shelter that they have. And so they they get on their knees and they're praying to the Lord, right? And they're like, "Oh Lord, save us from this tornado." And so the dad is also doing this dua, kind of. Well, he wasn't Muslim, but you know. And so. They're asking God, and then all of a sudden God intervenes, and the tornado is gone. And so the dad's like, yes, he fell for it, like God fell for it. (laughs) That means like, we made him think that we're relying on him. Yeah, but now that it's gone, we don't need him anymore. Like this is exactly what the Qur'an says. The Qur'an talks exactly about this, that there are people who get stuck on a ship, and they call unto Allah. And Allah helps them and saves them. When Allah saves them, what do they do? him again. Back to, back to square one. Just like this guy. Why? Because yeah, in that moment, in that moment where you have nowhere else to turn, yes, the heart will turn to something out there. You have no other choice. You're forced. This is not going to be stemming from iman. This is not going to be stemming from iman. So this one doesn't count. It shows that even this person. To the point where after God helps and saves them, they, he says, oh God, he felt God fell for it. Now that's a joke, of course. It's, there's, it's, it's just they're trying to be humorous in that cartoon. But it does tell us of something that a lot of people have. Once they're done with Allah, they put him aside. Because the iman is weak. They feel like, okay, things are back in my hands again. Habibi, as I said, the heartbeat that you have that's happening anyway, that same tornado that god saved you from the same amount that was needed from him to save you from a tornado that same amount is needed from him to make sure your heart still beats just because the heart is small the tornado is big for you these are all mumkin al wujud for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala their whole existence is reliant on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all right so having said all of that let's go and see what ayto the jawadi says in regards to these verses he says something similar actually he says i mean the same thing almost He says that the the fear that we have, it originates from the fact that we understand when these verses are revealed to us or recited upon us, we understand and come to this understanding that, oh, everything is in Allah's hands. And we're not sure about ourselves. And we feel that, oh my God, what if I've done something wrong? That is going to get me in trouble with this God that has everything in his hands. In this dunya or in the akhirah, it's going to get me in trouble. It was going to take me to hellfire and all that kind of stuff. A person who is not sure about things, is doubtful about things, is going to be scared. So, this is something that he adds that I didn't, I didn't see the other mufassirin add. He says, when you're doubtful of yourself, when you're doubtful about anything, you're going to be scared. Like, think about it. When you sit in a roller coaster, Right? If you've done it a thousand times, you know that this thing is going to, it's not going to, you're not going to fall. Right? This thing's not going to fall out of the sky. Those big bars that are coming at you as you're going full speed towards them in the roller coaster, they're not going to hit you. They're going to pass over your head. Even if you were to stand up, it's not going to hit you. Yeah? But the moment you have the least fear that, whoa, wait a minute, what if, you know, you just, what if? The moment the doubt creeps in, you start screaming. Right? Oh, wait a minute. I just remembered some of you, I've seen some of you go on these roller coasters. <laughs> That's why you're laughing. Thank you, Instagram. All right, so the moment doubt creeps in, or else I still remember one of our teachers in America, not in Iran, uh, he said that, you know, I got these kids, they forced me once to get on a roller coaster. They're like, oh, are you going to get scared? Whatever. He's like, I got on there to prove, you know, to prove them wrong. The whole ride, I just looked straight with n- just a neutral face, nothing. All of them were screaming and stuff. I wasn't doing anything, right? Just to prove to them that, like, you know, whatever. So um, they had like dared their teacher to go or something. Anyway, the moment doubt comes, fright and fear comes into the heart as well. Now sometimes. You're afraid that you know, this glass of water is going to fall from your hand. Okay, you're afraid of that. Okay, that's something insignificant. Sometimes you're like, whoa, you know, this torch might fall out of my hand and it'll set the whole house ablaze. Okay, that's scarier. Sometimes it's the roller coaster like, oh my God, if something goes wrong, my head is going to come off. And sometimes it's Jahannam. And so he says, this person knows what's wrong with them and their shortcomings, and so as a result they have this doubt that creeps in. I like how Ayatollah jawadi does it here. The doubt is what causes the fear. What does that mean? Doubt, does that mean that the faith is strong now? No, the faith is weak then, or else there would be less doubt. The less doubt, the stronger the Iman is, right? The Iman in Allah's mercy is what I mean. But then he goes on, he says, but then when he remembers the Haqq and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and sees that Allah gave me tawfiq to be in this path. At the end of the day, what path am I on? Is it the wrong path or the right path? Inshallah is the right path, right? He gave me tawfiq to be on this Surat al- al-Mustaqeem. Yeah? And that the mercy of Allah and so on and so forth, what we had in the different tafsirs, this will slowly bring them to this calmness and tranquility. So what we need to do throughout our lives, brothers and sisters, if we have a doubt because of our sins, that's cool. All right, that's good. That's a good starting point. But inshallah, as you move on, and you see how much mercy Allah has throughout your life, you're doing your part, of course. You're not just slacking off. Once you see the, the, the signs of Allah's mercy throughout your life, you need to start having a little bit more faith in Allah. And I'm going to end with this, okay? This is in uh, Sahifa Sajjadiya as well, where Imam Sajjad he ta- he says this when it comes to the financial aspect of life. He says you you took care of me in this stage of life, that stage of life. This is in uh, this is in the du'a after al Layl. Okay, let me pull it up. Actually, it just came to my mind now. But if I have the notes here from somewhere else, it'll be nice to go through it yeah out of your fadl oh allah out of your mercy out of doing extra for me fadl means you know going take going the extra mile for something you fed me in a very good way i mean i'm, I'm going to skip some parts till this point that i'm sitting at right now all right I mean, throughout our lives, we've had so many concerns, right? So many fears, right? But look, here we are sitting here. We've reached this point, then, right? Okay. لا أعدم أَعْدِمُ ولا يبتئ عني عَنِّي صنيعك. In all, I'm seeing right now that okay, there is no lack of mercy that you've had. It's, it's here. It's, I'm, I'm here. I've reached this point all of this although this is the case still i'm not i don't i'm not assured my fiqh and reliance on you la is not solidified as i i look 30 40 50 years here i am but still i'm like no, no no maybe moving forward it's not going to work out you know what i'm saying fifteen, twenty years he's taking care of you? Well, I think he can take care of you another fifteen, twenty years, maybe. Imam Sajjad here he says, Because if if I was able to accomplish this, to solidify me relying on you, then I would spend some of my time on other things that I've that, that is that is more beneficial to me. Endakali or Li That which is gonna have a better share and portion for me, which is a little bit more ibadah instead of hustling 24 7, right? I'll hustle 8 hours, 10 hours, I'll give 2 hours to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, 2 hours to my family, for example, and the other 6 or 7 hours I'll sleep, right? And then the Imam complains, says, This is shaitan, shaitan's taken, taken the reins of my existence, and this is what. So, and, and the dua goes on. But the point I'm trying to make is this when I say that slowly we have to see how Allah has taken care of us, this iman will get stronger and stronger. And so from that fear of, oh my God, I have doubt because I'm looking at my actions, will change to me having hope in Allah's mercy. This is, I would say, an evolution of Iman that's illustrated in these uh, three verses of the Holy Qur'an. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Any questions before we end? Alright, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Salawat. The, the minimum was taqlidi, but then he didn't put a name on the other ones. He just says, he says it'll reach yaqeen. Okay? I'll be here till nama- the till salat time. So if anyone wants to say for salat, we're going to keep the doors open. Last week you guys prayed outside. <laughs> I feel so bad. There was a masjid in, uh, and there still is a masjid in uh, D.C., Washington, D.C., where I grew up. And so, let me stop recording first.